it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner. On this episode of the podcast, we're joined once again by Jasmine Kelsey, IHSA's occupational hygienist. Welcome back, Jasmine. Thanks for having me, Ken. Oh, it's always great to have you here. We appreciate it. And joining us on the podcast for the first time is Shirley Yan, occupational hygienist at the Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers, or as we affectionately uh, call them, OCOW, uh, based out of the Toronto Clinic. So welcome, Shirley. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Happy to be here. All right. Great to have you both on this podcast to discuss silica exposure. Now, in construction, worker exposure to silica is of particular concern because silica is the primary component of many construction materials. And as we know, employers have a duty to protect their workers from silica exposure on construction projects. So on today's podcast, we're seeking to raise awareness of the hazards posed by silica in construction, uh, measures and procedures that should be taken to control those hazards, and a new tool coming in November from Ontario's Occupational Health and Safety System, being led by OCOW, to help identify exposure levels within the workplace. So Shirley, as the lead from OCAL on this initiative, let's start with you. So Shirley, why should workplaces be concerned about silica? Thank you, Ken. Uh, so for silica, it is one of the most common hazards in the workplace, particularly in construction, oil and gas manufacturing and agriculture industries. And because silica is a basic component in sand and rock, it is in vast majority of the construction materials, and these are the common ones that you yourself can purchase from any hardware store like concrete, tiles, bricks, and cement. And because of the detrimental health effects of breathing in silica, in it's staggering. Uh, in Carex, based on Carex Canada, which is the in, sorry a multi-institution team of researchers and specialists investigating carcinogen exposures, they estimated that approximately 380,000 Canadians are occupationally exposed to silica. And in terms of the health effects to workers, out of that, 570 lung cancers are attributed to occupational silica exposure each year. And of these, uh, 2.4% of all the lung cancers diagnosed annually in Canada, that is uh, only from silica exposure from work. So that is a, a huge number and we are very concerned. And I will talk more about the current trend in terms of silica exposure because lung cancer is not the only one that we are worried about right now. And uh, for going back to the construction industries, it is the most most occupational lung cancer associated with crystalline silica occurs among workers in the construction sector. So we are very concerned for that sector. In addition to lung cancer, uh, silica can also cause silicosis, which is scarring of the lung and is a very serious and irreversible disease. Uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, autoimmune disease, and chronic kidney disease are also some of the health effects from exposure to silica. And I want to specifically talk about silicosis at this moment because in the past, we've always thought that it takes many years of silica exposure to uh, for symptoms to show in the workers. So you talk about lung cancer and that was the main one that we focused on in the past. But 
recently we see uh, the popular use of engineer stones and these engineer stones are up to 97% silica content. So now we are seeing a shift where workers who are as young as 27 years old have developed silicosis from cutting and polishing engineering stones. And this was just last week, uh, LA Times published a letter of uh, saying that California workers uh, are developing silicosis and they've only worked in the industry for two years. And that is a very severe health, uh, a quick turnover in terms of the health effects. And a silicosis is uh, sorry, incurable and irreversible. The only thing they can do is lung transplants. So, you know, for a 27 year old, that is uh, life damaging. Wow. And as wow. I mentioned, yeah. So as I mentioned, silica is naturally occurring. So, and it's so in so many commonly used material, the exposures are avoidable. So we have to live with it. So what can we do now is the only thing we can do is legislative controls and reducing the exposure. And that's the only way to protect workers. And the, that's why workplace leaders should be concerned about silica in their workplaces. Wow, absolutely. Those stats are are staggering, uh, particularly those that, you know, are, this is impacting young people after very little exposure. So this is obviously something we need to do something about. So glad we're having this podcast to raise awareness on it. Um, Shirley, are are there different types of silica, like, the, and, and how can workers potentially be exposed to it? So as I mentioned, silica is naturally found in sand and stone. So the just going to the basic, it, the chemical name is silicon dioxide. So it's basically made out of one part silicon and two parts oxygen. And these are two most abundant elements in earth crust, so we can't avoid it. And most people hear the terms of crystalline silica, it just specifically talk about the structure of how silicon and oxygen connects to each other. So it's a crystalline structure. Just want to get that terminology uh, clarified. So. There's many, many types of silica, but the two types that we are most concerned about in the workplace are the harmful ones to us, are quartz and crystabolite. And uh, what are we concerned about silica and why are we concerned? About, sorry, let me start that again. What we are concerned about is the airborne silica and the small silica dust that become airborne doing work activity and that the workers can breathe in. And, which is called the respirable silica. So these are the silica dust that are so small, they're small enough to enter the deeper lung region and impart on the alveolar region. And that is the region where the oxygen is transported from the lung to the bloodstream. And then that's how uh, your body is filled with oxygen, basically. So imagine these cells in the lung dies due to silica damage, and then the lung wall thickens that oxygen cannot be transported from the lung to the bloodstream, you essentially cannot breathe. And that's the scary part of silica exposure. Okay. So in the province of Ontario, do we have legal limits to which a worker can be exposed to for silica? Yes, there is. So currently in Ontario, under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, or REC 833, there is occupational exposure limit set out. So as I mentioned, there's two types of silica that we are worried about, and the number is different for the limits, or the occupational limit is different for these two types. So for quartz and triboli, 
the occupation exposure limit is 0.1 milligram per cubic meter. So what that means is the legally over an eight-hour work shift, that is the average exposure the worker can be exposed without causing severe health effects. And that is for quartz. And for crystabolite, it's 0.05 milligram per cubic meter. So that is half of the quartz occupation limit because of the health effects due to crystabolite, which is more severe than quartz. For the silica control tool, it, because it applies to all forms of silica, and the reason why we're doing that is it's relatively rare for the workplace to know what specific type of silica they're uh, exposed to. And because it takes money and resources to go to you know, take a sample from the work material and send it to the lab to analyze it. And you have so many different material that you could be using in the work site, different job task. It's almost impossible for the workplace to know exactly are they using quartz or crystabolite. So that's why for silica control tool, we apply to all forms of silica. So the exposure limit for this tool, it will be 0.5, sorry, 0.05 milligram per cubic meter. And then the action level will be half, which is 0.025 milligram per cubic meter. So Shirley, you, you just mentioned something called the silica control tool. Can we get in a little bit more about that? What What is that? And and how can it help? The silica control tool, it is a, a complete free tool that has all the resources that you would need to know about silica and it has embedded inside more than 5,000 of literature sampling data from construction workplace of various tasks and you can use it to estimate your workplace silica exposure and it has two sections where you can use it to estimate exposure without controls and then you can add in controls to see what is the exposure limit sorry exposure levels after the controls take place so you can understand what kind of risk your workplace have and how can you control the risk of silica in your workplace okay and uh, maybe you can just walk us through like When's this tool? Is the tool available now? When can when can employers access it? And maybe just walk us through sort of high level on how it works. Okay, so as I mentioned, it is completely free. It will be available to workers and employers in Ontario construction industries at the beginning of November. Specifically, the launch will be on November 3rd. So at that point, all workers and employers in the Ontario construction industry will receive full access to the silica control tool and its associated data and output. So basically, a worker or employer can register for an account to access the tool with the WSAV account number and employer company names. And once your account is set up, we can the tool will collect information about your job site and plan work activity you'll be performing at the job site. So there'll be about eight parameters the tool will ask. So which sector you're working in, what type of construction project are you doing? What material are you working with? Are you cutting, drilling, chipping the material? So what task are you doing and the tool you're using? Are you working inside or outside or 
in a restricted area and the duration of your work average per shift. If it's more than eight hours, the tool allows you to specify the number of hours. So, as I mentioned before, the tool then will using all these parameters to estimate the crystalline silica exposure first without the control. So you receive an estimate exposure level without control. The tool then allows you to input the type of control you do have in your workplace. And then after the tool will recalculate, taking these controls in account and estimate exposure level with controls. If there's any residual exposures, the tool will recommend proper respirable selections and other personal protective equipment to control any remaining risk. The beauty of that is, let's say you want to, you don't know what kind of control you can use or you, you don't have the resources. The tool will give you a selection of engineering controls and you can look through, you have the resource in it to see what type might work for your company and then you can estimate uh, sorry you can reduce the resources that you'll be using to implement the control and at the end of the tool you will compile all the information and all the outputs and generate your own job site specific task-based exposure control plan that can be saved in a PDF form. Okay, fantastic. So thank you to uh, to British Columbia for developing this tool and for testing it out and, and showing us the benefits. And thank you, obviously, to OCAO and, and the ministry and IHSA for bringing it to Ontario and, and having it ready. So we're going to, this will be launched on November 3rd, as Shirley indicated, and we will have links on the podcast channel to direct you, to direct you right to um, the tool. So Jasmine, let's bring you in here. Let's talk about how this can benefit the industries that IHSA supports, um, and just let, let's let's get your opinion on on the tool and how it can be used. So, um, I take it employers would want to use a tool like this, correct? Yes. So the silica control tool, it can act as a resource for uh, employers on any Ontario construction workplaces, uh, pretty much to assess the risk of exposure. So um, on construction sites, workers can carry out a variety of tasks where exposure to silica can occur, right? So some examples. So any tasks that involve chipping, hammering, drilling of rock or concrete, um, even like dry sweeping or pressurized air blowing of concrete, rock, even sand dust, uh, anything related to road construction, tunneling, excavation, any earth moving of soils itself. Um, these type of tasks are associated, uh, associated with uh, silica exposure and, um, and potentially overexposure. So when we consider these type of tasks, we want to see if workers are potentially overexposed to silica. Uh, and this is a question employers may pose as well. And this is where the tool can come into play, right? So it's, um, as Shirley descri described, it is completely online. It's quick and easy versus traditional air sampling collection process, right? Uh, it can help employers access and use pre-existing exposure data on the click of a button. Uh, the tool itself also acts as an educational piece. Um, it gives the opportunity to educate both the employer and the worker on silica exposure and control. So as Shirley mentioned, one of the outputs of the tool is an exposure control plan, uh, which comes in a PDF format. So what it is, is it's a formal document outlining the exposures as well as the controls that could be put in place um, at the workplace to reduce exposures. 
Um, so that's something that might um, play as a very important tool in the workplace because as soon as you enter all the type of work that's being carried out, your result is a product that you can actually put into place in the workplace that outlines everything an employer is doing to reduce exposures uh, to keep um, exposure below the, the limits. So another benefit of the tool is reducing the effort and cost for employers. Again, um, it could get expensive um, getting someone on uh, to carry out air sampling using the traditional means. So um, it's quick and easy. Um, you don't have to wait too long to set this up. As soon as it rolls out, just register and then um, just enter in all the details. So the tool ultimately identifies processes which may lead to exposures over the allowable exposure uh, control limit. Um, it provides information about how to bring the exposure within the allowable limit if you are overexposed. And then again, it produces a corresponding exposure com control plan for the user. Right. On. And Jasmine, from what I heard you say, you listed a whole host of activities. And while you were doing that, I'm imagining that those are applicable on the majority of construction projects out there. So this isn't something that is finite and only happening in a small percentage of projects that occur it sounds like that a good majority of the activities that are taking place, regardless of what type of construction you're in, silica can have a impact in the workplace, correct? Yes, it, it would have a wide application to construction employers. Right on. Okay. Um, how about, like, are there any limitations for the tool that employers and workers should be aware of? Yeah. So with any tool, there are some limitations, right? Um, so there's some things to keep in mind. So the silica control tool is not a rep replacement for any professional advice or like job site air monitoring test. Um, so if you were, it can't replace as you would have a consultant that actually will carry out like occupational hygiene testing, right? Um, but again, it will, it's a good tool for for carrying out any uh, risk assessment to determine, hey, is there any further investigation that I need to be doing? Um, so the good news is the Ministry of Labor inspectors do acknowledge this tool as a best practice tool. Um, but again, there may be a need for additional testing um, should you see like overexposure repeatedly for whatever details you put into the tool. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, another one is the tool does not provide a conclusive output for every possible silica producing process. So meaning that it does not cover every type of task. So one of the good things about the tool is um, if there is a potential task that's missing, because you're allowed to pick from a series of tasks what is applicable. What is a worker doing? Are, are they drilling? What type of equipment they're using? You're allowed to pick on the tool. But for whatever reason, if that task or the material or the equipment is not present on the tool, you're able to submit further information uh, on the tool itself to be like, hey, it's missing this task or this, this type of equipment. Um, and then it goes back to the developers to see, hey, can we add this to the list um, where an output can be produced, meaning like can recommendations be produced from it? So um, just to keep in mind, it does not cover every type of silica producing task. It does cover majority, but sometimes um, there are some it doesn't cover. Um, another uh, limitation is, so as uh, Shirley mentioned, the ex occupational exposure limits. So it does use a protective exposure limit of 0 0.05 overall for all types of silica. So um, a, the user uh, must understand what material they're working with to ensure um, this tool and the outbound, the recommendations are applicable for those type of tasks. So again, it's a good idea to know what type of material you're working with and um, understanding of the actual like exposure limits and what they mean. 
And one of the last limitations is the tool only considers one task at a time. So um, when you review results, um, you need to consider adjacent tasks that are occurring. So if I'm working in my station here and I could have my coworker that is like possibly five feet down. Um, so the tool wouldn't consider my coworker, it will just consider me. But obviously when we look into the, or the ambient air, the concentration of exposure itself, um, if my coworker is producing any silica produ uh, producing type of task where I could, that could also bias my results as well. I could be overexposed as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. Okay. And Jasmine, for our membership, is IHSA going to be providing any additional resources on the tool and how it can be used? Um, are we are going to be doing that? Yes. So we are currently working on some resources uh, for users for the tool itself. So keeping in mind the rollout date is in the first week of November, uh, we are working on resources that can provide some better understanding of the tool. So um, some of these resources include like a webinar on how to use the tool, resources on understanding uh, what Celica is, where potential exposures can occur, as well as understanding the occupational exposure limit, as well as how you can register for the tool itself. So they are currently a work in development, but um, I would suggest to keep an eye out for any communications that are coming from IHSA in the coming weeks. So this will be something that will be free to access and download uh, at the reader's disposal. Okay, thank you. And Shirley, maybe we can just come back to you just to finish up the podcast. So just to make sure that, you know, I'm hoping that we've got some employers or workers that, that are interested in this, want to use the tool. Um, what information do they need to have as they, in, as they fill out the form and get access to the tool? What information do they have to have ready to input into that tool? And then where can they find it? Okay, so for workers and employers, they just need to have their WSB account number and their company name as well as their own email. I just want to emphasize that every account is private. So it will be the account will be created for that specific email. So whatever you do in that account will be private. And you can access the tool right now or sorry. You can learn more about the tool at Prevent Oc Disease website at preventocdisease.ca. Excellent. Okay, so Shirley Ann from OCAL and Jasmine Kelsey from IHSA, thank you very much for being part of this podcast and introducing this new tool to help us combat silica exposure in the workplace. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ken. All right, and thank you to the listeners for listening to the IHSA Safety Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Each year, about 5,000 IHSA supervisor logbooks are ordered for supervisors across Ontario. Why is the logbook so popular? Because it was developed by the industry for the industry. That's what makes it unique. IHSA thanks the members of the Labor Management Network and Advisory Councils who contributed their knowledge, experience, and time to the preparation of this supervisor logbook. Contact IHSA at 1-800-263-5024. That's 1-800-263-5024. Or visit ihsa.ca. That's ihsa.ca.